We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. added some guys we feel like can come in and really impact the roster, whether it's being a starter or just being quality depth to just layer the team. So um, had a plan and things kind of fell our way and we feel good about it now that the draft is over. Uh, any questions, just shoot. We'll get started here with Destin Adams. Hi, Morocco. Thanks for the time. Um, I'm a big fan of the with the next pick series. And one of those quotes going around is, um, you don't see a player that size that good. Um, I was just curious if uh, that player that was being talked about was selected today and if his name may have been Jelani Woods. Yes, totally. He's the epitome of that. <clears throat> and you will see um, once this guy hits the field just how much of a giant he is for his position. Um, we already have Mo Ali Cox, but I dare to say he's probably even taller and wider and have a having a bigger strike zone. So. You combine that with uh, the unique skill set that he has because he's he's also an athlete. Like the guy can move, uh, the guy can separate and contort his body and make plays down the field uh, above the rim over defenders' heads. So, yeah, you're right. He's a uh, you don't see tight ends that big, and you don't see guys that big moving like that. Eric Larger. Hi, Morocco. Uh, thank you for the time. Uh, so you guys selected Curtis Brooks out of Cincinnati here in day three. Uh, mm -hmm. Looking back at some of the numbers, he had some of the best win percentage rates of any of the interior defensive linemen in the whole class, whether that be a uh, pass rush or defending against the run. Uh, were you guys surprised at all at the fact that he fell all the way down, given the fact that he won so many reps? Uh in a sense, we were not because the draft, like the meat on the bone in this draft was starting in round three. And so, you know, with the COVID year and having the super seniors and super juniors, it kind of pushed everybody down. And so there was a lot of options and a lot of talent. And he was kind of staring us in the face. And to your point to what you're saying, his skill set fits what we do. You know, we, we launch in the gaps and get up the field. And this guy's a, a, a big, strong athlete that can do that. So, you know, when you get in those lower rounds, when you get to that fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're looking for those traits. And he definitely had uh, that ability that you speak of. 
Lawrence Owen. Hello, Morocco. Pleasure to meet you. Um, my question is more of a general uh, situation where um, is there a difference in like uh, uh, the way you focus or whatnot in general college scouting between like years one and two when you're trying to build a team and say years five and six when you're looking specifically for specific players uh, to get the team over the top? Yeah, good question, Lawrence. Um, you know, when you, <clears throat> whenever you start out, you're just trying to, you're trying to lay the concrete and build a foundation. So there's critical factors in each player you're looking for, and you're trying to build an identity with the team. But now after five years headed into our sixth year here and kind of already having, you know, building that bottom layer. Now we want to start to add on, put some walls up, put some furniture and curtains in the house, so to speak. And I think you don't change your approach to the draft, but I do think you you change your approach as to what what helps the team, like what you're looking to add on in those top three rounds in particular, because those are the players that are going to really impact your roster. You're going to look for those first three round guys to come in and within the first three years start and really, you know, give you a guy that is a starter you can win with. So it changes in that sense of the of the way we look at it but not how we go about doing our job we kind of stick to the same approach try not to get cute and as you go one thing you do realize is like we're sitting in there talking even with eight picks we're always looking at okay who does this guy beat out on the roster and as you get better and better and stack the roster you see that it's not easy for all those guys to make your team and that's what you want you want that uh uh, culture of competition, and that's what we feel like we've created. Michael Bevia. Hey, Morocco. Is uh, is Eric Johnson more like Starbucks coffee or hotel coffee? <laughs> Starbucks or hotel? Um, <laughs> I'll say Starbucks. Um, similar to Grover Stewart, actually. So I'm going to upgrade him to Starbucks. Um, D2 guy, raw but powerful. You saw it where I think he was at the NFL PA game and showed out, uh, then got bumped up to the senior bowl. So did some great things. And I mean, a large man, six, four, 300 plus pounds. And the guys, an athlete ran under four, eight. So yeah, there's a, to the Starbucks uh, <laughs> comment there, there is a punch in there. And when you draft those guys with those traits and you see that it's in their body to do it, and it's, it's just hard to find big people who can move in general. Like, you don't typically find guys like that uh, with that skill set. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of unique in his body. We just need to be able to get it out. So a few more here. Patrick? Yeah, Mr. Brown, appreciate your time. Um, when you guys decided to trade back that 42nd pick, was it more of a decision because the guy wasn't there? that you guys were targeting or was the decision more based on getting more draft capital? The decision was really based on, we had a cluster of players and a, a handful of players that we liked and several of them were there. And so in that case, you feel good about uh, getting one of the five or six guys that you targeted. And in our case, um, fortune fell our way and we wound up you know, getting several of those guys from that trade back. So I think that was a strategy from the beginning uh, as far as uh, 
the sweet spot of this draft being in the middle rounds. You know, it wasn't a top-heavy uh, draft this year, but you could get a lot of substance if you kick back um, and just stuck to your board. And that's what our board told us. That's how it was lined up. And there was a lot of value, a lot of quality players. I'd say even from the bottom of that second round all the way down to the bottom of the fourth, um, it was just a lot of options. And that, that's what we, we look for when we go in. Dustin Adams. Um, is there a pick in this class that comes close to your excitement for the Dio pick last season? Yeah, well, this year's, I guess this year's guy that has such a high ceiling. We look, we grade from floor to ceiling. The floor is the talent, the ceiling's your character. Uh, I think a guy who has a high floor, well, his floor may appear low, but it's already high. And then the ceiling is just, you know, through the clouds is Nick Cross. Um, young guy, only 20 years old, but you rarely find guys who are 6'1", 215 pounds, run a 4.35, don't miss but three or four tackles during the course of the year. And then the guy's a one and a half year starter with six interceptions. So he's a unique talent you don't see every day. You don't see people uh, in that body type and that body size running like that. And then he is multiple in how he plays the game. He can play up in the box. You know, he's big enough to take on and He's not going to get knocked around and worn out. And then he can play, you know, back in the hole, play center field and go run things down. So we liked his versatility, but we liked that there was some juice in the body that you don't always see uh, at a safety at that size. So two more here, Derek Larger. Yeah, so I think the common trend that all of us and many of the fans who are seeing the picks are seeing that most of these guys are very athletic. We're seeing the athletic scores come out and all of these guys rank really, really high. And that seemed to have been the common trend with all of these picks. Was that was that an emphasis for you guys on how you wanted to approach this draft process? Or was that just something that just happened with the guys that you were picking. Yeah. Well, we always say um, the guy doesn't have to be a dominant player, but he has to have a dominant trait. So we're always going to look for certain traits. There's certain criteria, there's certain skill sets that we're looking for positional value. So we're always going to look into, you know, what does he do? What does his game lean on when, you know, the rubber meets the road. And so that's just how we scout. Um, like I said, each position is different, but there's this, you have to have something to play on this level. That's very unique. And it may not always be speed and size. It could be instincts. It could be, you know, something else. It could be hands to be able to catch the ball or, but yes, we, we always look for that. I don't think that varies just because of this draft or any draft. Um, but I think there's a point where, um, obviously you're looking for those, dominant traits to line up with the production. It's not all traits and no production. You have to, you know, show that you can go in there and play a role for us and come in here and uh, we'll be able to utilize your skill set. But there's a, there's a point where you say, if all things are even, I'm taking the trait. And, and I think that's our philosophy. That's how Chris Ballard has always been. That's how he grew up in the game and learned, you know, football. And uh, I think it works in our league. Real last one here, Lawrence Owen. 
Hello. Uh, I just got sent this text by Gerard Powers, so I absolutely had to ask it. Um, <laughs> he, he wants to know, um, what's the thought process that goes into looking and scouting college players with, uh, so that they fit the Colts' culture and scheme? Yeah, well, without spilling any secrets or anything, uh, there's, there's a subset of things we look for from a personal football character standpoint. And um, we actually pour a lot of resources into that internally so that when we, you know, cast a wide net and then shrink the net and bring it in in February and start to meet, um, we scrutinize that stuff heavily. So it's not just who you are on the field, it's who you are, the man behind the player. And we spend so much time, whether it's at the senior bowl, the all-star ga games, we wanna know, uh, who's the person behind the player? So that's a major part of it. Uh, and then when we go out, we're looking for guys who fit what we do. And we always say, what's the vision for the player? How does he fit? And then what role, how will we utilize him? And then who does he beat out on the roster? So you want to get that specific so you don't just pick a guy and he comes in and you don't really have a place for him. And he may be a good player. He just may not fit the scheme that that, that you have set. So I think... Um, both of those things go hand in hand, and it's important to not only assess the player, but assess um, the player utilization, and then to assess him as a person too, just as an Indianapolis Colt. How's he gonna integrate into our culture and in our, our community? Thanks, Rocco, we appreciate your time. Oh, uh, appreciate media. it, man. Thank Thanks. you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. sir. All right, thank you, Rocco. Thank you so much. Can I ask you to send me that recording, Hayden? Yeah, I'll be able to send the audio. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.